The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager, only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. In my business, there is only one place, and that's to be a winner. Wash your hands, wash your butt, man, that's it. Well, I felt like Spongebob for a minute, right? They said, hey, Dad, let's make a TikTok. You know, there's times where you make plays that are special, and there's some times where you're like, that's pretty fucking good. Hey, what up? It's Mercedes Lewis here, a.k.a. Big Dog. Listening to Poor Man's Packers podcast. Go Pack Go. Hello, and welcome to another edition of the Poor Man's Packers podcast, the number one Packers podcast in the state of our minds. I'm Spencer Sismarowitz, joined as always with Kyle Trakowski. Kyle? Hello. And hello, we are still 4 and 0, oh, and welcome to the bi week bonanza for 2020. Heck yeah. Maybe. Hopefully, actually, this probably won't even be the only bi week bonanza, sadly. Oh. The way this. I mean, we got Tuesday night football right now yeah, with yeah. a team that had already needed to burn their by for this week to happen. So I just think the trajectory seems to be that there's going to be another bye week added on. But I don't know why we're starting with this. That's pretty depressing. Well, news. no, no. Well, this this here we go. Perfect segue. All right. You were kind of talking about it beforehand. Sunday night football. Who mm. are you rooting for? Speaking about, you know, getting a bye. Uh, yeah, that is... The Seahawks. Vikings I was very game. conflicted. I mean, it's it's borderline impossible for me as a person under any circumstance to root for the Vikings. But you know, I, I we need Rodgers to host the NFC Championship, yeah. and so you know, a, a part of me was was pulling for them honestly, and it, it that makes me physically cringe to say, but you know, it, it it's nice to see them just choke it. Yeah. So horrifically i don't want to say a feel for him but i kind of feel no for, for zimmer i zimmer like i nah. i hated brad childress mike tice I, I don't know i was pretty young zimmer's you know he's such a hard ass where you I can't do. really hate hate him and i thought they made the right decision going for it on fourth down too 
Yeah, yeah. I I don't uh, I don't hate that decision. I wouldn't hate that decision as a fan. Although it would it would obviously be painful. Yeah, I, I don't I don't hate it in that yeah, regard. Yeah. I I and me myself watching that game, it it's so tough. It's literally like going back and forth, especially with that game too, with the lead changes. Where I'm like, oh yeah, you know, it would be nice if the Seahawks would you know lose, and then they start winning. And it's like, oh, it's like, well, wait maybe, a second. No. And they, you know, like he, I'm flip flopping myself watching the game, like the score. And then the Vikes choke and it's like, OK, this is pretty cool. Exactly. That's, <laughs> and that's kind of what happened. I remember watching the Super Bowl between the Seahawks and Tom Brady. I'm like, I don't I don't want Tom Brady oh, to win any. That was after the. And, and I obviously re- rooting against the Seahawks because they beat us. And then watching the way the Seahawks lost, it was like, OK, this is fine. It, I'm fine. with Literally, this. that's exactly my <laughs> thought process throughout throughout that Super Bowl, too. But then in retrospect, it's like, ugh, Tom Brady. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But uh, um, yeah, yeah. Wait, never mind. Go ahead. Okay, perfect. I had another follow up question, but I forgot right. what it oh, was. It's okay. We don't need to talk about those dumb teams. Anyways. Oh, oh, um, you like Mike Zimmer, and you know, I, I, I do, you know, have a lot of respect for Zimmer with the hard ass mentality, and he doesn't yeah. take no shit. But man, it, and I, I guarantee I'm not alone. It's still eating at me when we locked up the oh, NFC North Championship oh. division title in U.S. Bank last year, and that handshake was just. So pathetic. I, I mean, so I mean, have some respect, man. I don't know. Come yeah, on. that that was pretty lame. It's I, a fine line between being a hard ass and just being a straight up asshole. And he kind of, well, he kind of crossed that line. I kind that you're you're right, but that's another part of it too. Is when the Vikings are bad like this, it's fun to see Zimmer because he's you know he's not holding anything back. He's pissed <laughs> yeah, off and he looks true. mad. And I kind of I enjoy seeing that. And you know the handshake thing is kind of part of that too. But don't worry, him. Kirk and Spielman all got contracts in the last year. So, <laughs> oh, music it. to my ears. Love it. Okay. Well, great little start to the show there. But yes, this is the bi week bonanza. We're not going to talk, you know, strictly about the Packers or what it's been because we didn't have a game this week. But we have some fun little things. We're probably going to be all over, all over on this episode. We did talk to Brett Good. 20 Good, 20, more like 30 Good Tw- minutes. 20 or th- 30 Good minutes. Yeah, we'll see how it pans out after. But yeah, we'll. Officially our first recurring guest. He yeah. was awesome. 10 out of 10 once again. Yeah. It was very informative too. Yeah, I think ho- we learned a lot. Like, I think if you're like a football nerd, which I imagine if you're listening to this you are yeah. there's a lot of a lot of really cool tidbits in that interview yeah you'll learn a lot about ecls and snapping mm. yeah, as you could expect. riveting so yeah we talked to brett good we're gonna we're gonna have some uh tidbits here that i'm gonna read off for you see what you think of them i interesting I, you know wrote them all down during the off season we'll see how it plays uh we will have uh we're gonna have a little draft for football food slash tailgate foods i think mm. this is you know the curd talk a couple of weeks ago really <laughs> seemed to be a hit so why not just dive right back into it we'll have our uh trivia questions you know stump spinny is kyle an idiot and then we'll end it with you know the little bucks preview we finally have a game coming up Thank you. so starting off okay wrote a lot of these down you know we had a long off season we were in quarantine Kind of just wrote a bunch of things down that I found either. So like, is this like, like as in there was a lot of takes to, to not not takes. Through? These these are mostly facts. These are all Packers facts information either from as I mentioned before the Packers awesome documentary series uh, going through the first hundred years of the Green Bay Packers. A lot of them are either from that or from different radio shows or tweets. Things that I saw that I thought were really interesting. During the off season, okay, and I'm supposed to react. You will react and be like, "Huh, that's interesting." Or mm, I don't, I don't care for that. At okay, all. I, but I think they're all pretty good. I think you know th- we're all going to learn a little bit here, except for me because I already knew this stuff. I like that. I love learning. 
Oh, you like? I thought you said I like women. I was like, why would you? I do. I do like women too. Very cool. Hell yeah, man. All right, uh, Mark Tauscher. This was on William Tell. She was talking about. I don't know if you remember this. Do you remember uh, Michael Strahan sacking Favre to get the single season sack record? Yeah, big controversy behind that. Big controversy behind that. And Mark Tauscher said he was pissed because in that game, so he, you know, he's a tackle. He's oh a tackle. no! Someone got hurt, and he even got moved to guard. And they pitched a shutout the entire game. Didn't allow any sacks. And then at the very end, Favre kind of just decided on his own. Hey, I'm going to, I'm going to get sacked on Man. this p- play for Michael Strahan. Tauscher said he never talked to Favre about it, but he was really pissed off like, like for a week after. As that. in, he didn't talk to about him beforehand. He didn't talk. He didn't talk to Favre about it, but like the entire afterwards offensive either. Line, oh yeah, the the entire office offensive line was pissed because he let that happen. Oh, and they let Favre know that yep. he was pissed. No, they did not let him know that they were pissed. Yeah. Wow, I don't. I you can't really talk to Favre. He was you know the franchise. At yeah, that point. true. But man, that uh, that's kind of shady. Moving on, we've got a, we've got a lot of these. We got to move through. Okay. All right, here we go. Blake Martinez, this offseason, said film study as a team with the Packers, was uh, Matt LaFleur was actually very critical. He said he would always get on guys, and at one point he even got on a player for going onto the field with his shoes untied. Huh. So there you go. I think we look at Matt LaFleur, we think he's a very kind of mild-mannered, very very nice guy, kind of you know not super outspoken. So to hear that, I was a little surprised. I love that, that shit, though, because you know what that tells me? Attention to detail. Mm-hmm, absolutely. Shit like, I mean, that is such a minute detail. Well, actually, it's not minute, but it is such a like a small detail that you might not see. But to get pissed over that, I think, kind of raises the accountability for everyone else. Exactly. Here's another one. This was obviously when the coaching search was going on. Just thought back to it while, while I heard this news. Okay, so Mark Murphy, when interviewing candidates for the head coach, you know, after we fired Mike McCarthy, he had a stopwatch and timed it for exactly three hours. So the most anyone would get is three hours you look in comparison, Jerry Jones had Mike McCarthy sleep over at his house during the interview process. <laughs> I just thought that was interesting. Wait, hold on, sorry. He, Mark Murphy said interviews were only three hours? Literally, like when most. they would sit down for, you know, for, for the interview with the coach, he would start the timer, and then at three hours, he'd be like, all right, we're done. Damn, I wonder what a three-hour interview would even be like. Well, yeah, Matt's went the whole time, too. I can't imagine talking about football for that long, but I guess I mean, I'm we, also not a football We do it every guy. week. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> eh, yeah, we're a third of it. Can you imagine, like, us sitting down with Mark Murphy, Goody, and, and, and Russ Ball, and, and trying to, yeah. Yeah, that might be a little bit different. All to right. be a fly on the wall in that conversation. Yeah, ooh, very true. Okay. Packers first season. One player had an arm and leg amputation while working the railroad in November. He was out the rest of the what season. What the f- They had a game to raise money for his medical expenses. <gasps> so there you go. So this was in like the 20s then? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, I didn't hear the first part. I was like, what? <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that's just looking back. It's one of those things, you know, maybe other fan bases get on you for always referencing history. But it's funny to look back and like, we were doing, the Packers were playing football Back when you know the players were still working on the railroad and losing arms, they had to do GoFundMe's for their medical <laughs> yeah. bills. Yeah, real life GoFundMe's. Okay, here's another one. Packers were once kicked out of the NFL for a couple months when they used college players. There you go. Wow. Yeah, yeah that was again very early on. I think that was like 1922. That is that is actually kind of a crazy scandal though, because like imagine. I mean, it's secretly it's, it's literally impossible to pull that off in like today's age. Oh yeah, but like. If it were to somehow pull off, oh my god, the scandal! It's funny too because you got to think of it back then. They they didn't have a lot of cameras, didn't have a lot of reports. Uh, yeah. You don't see as many faces, so you could just be like, "Oh yeah, we just picked this guy up," and they're like, "Holy sh! Hey, he just ran a hundred yards for a touchdown." <laughs> yeah. But okay, moving on. Packers' first televised game was in 1956. That's just a little fun fact there. First, first 56, televised game. That seems. 
Wow. I don't even know how technology works and when stuff. Honestly, like I have no off. reference for anything like pre nineteen ninety, so mm-hmm. I, I I don't even know. <laughs> there you go. George Hallis, you know, a very famous coach for the Bears. He actually helped save the Green Bay Packers quite a bit. Back when the Packers were hurting for money, he would go to several uh, charity events to help raise money for the Green Bay Packers. So, hmm. you know, we have this rivalry with the Bears, but at the same time, they're, you know. What's the what's the catch? No, I don't know. No, well, I don't know. I'm they, suspicious. You know, the, they, I think the payoff is coming for them. They, I got my yeah, eyes open. I was going to say, they're going, they probably regret that now. <laughs> So Lambeau, uh, Lambeau Field was built on a farm in 1957. So they haven't been playing there since, you know, 1957. Maybe we would, would have thought or just assumed it's been since 1920, whatever. It's been since uh, 57. It was originally called Green Bay City Stadium, which was a Born. trivia question last year. Uh, okay, here we go. They held a parade to celebrate the new stadium, and 70,000 people came. Nixon and Miss America were there for the first game. Wow. So you see, brought it back there. It was a little Pretty good. Yep. Okay. First game in the new stadium, Packers beat the Bears after the Bears won the division the previous year. Once again, back to maybe Hal shouldn't have tried to save the Love team. Love it. This is, uh, this is more of a fact. This is a little tangent here. Uh, Jack Venisi, I'm not sure if that's the uh, right way to say his name. He is the most important guy in Packers history that you've never heard of. He was a scout back in the day that was before... You know, teams really had a general manager. Vince Lombardi was the coach and the general manager. But uh, Jack was the lead scout. So he was the guy who scouted numerous um, Pro Football Hall of Famers all through the 60s. Uh, over his 10-year career, he scouted and recommended drafting or acquiring eight future Pro Pro Football Hall of Famers. Dang. Uh, eight. Some of the guys that he uh, helped get drafted for the Packers, Jim Taylor, Ray Nitschke, Jerry Kramer, Don Curry, uh, Paul Horning. Jim Ringo, Bart Starr, Forrest Gregg. So once again, My he's God. one of these guys that you've probably not heard of unless you've, you know, you're old or you've gone to a deep That dive. is because, like, you think of Packers history and legendary players and, like, you just rattle off yeah. some of the biggest ones. Yeah. It is kind of, wow, I almost feel, like, a little remorseful that he doesn't, you know, get mentioned more. Well, Holy. part of it, too, is um, I don't know when, but he did die in the 60s, too. So he wasn't even able to see all of the success oh, that he helped wow. build as well. So I don't know. Like I said, one of those guys that's kind of been lost in the history. And on top of it, too, his greatest – that's not even the best part of, you know, what he did to help the Packers. His greatest contribution was back behind the scenes and, you know, working for the Packers. He was the lead guy that helped uh, the Packers hire Vince Lombardi. A lot of guys didn't really want him. He was like, My hey, God. this is our guy. Yeah. This guy did everything. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. He also warned Lombardi to demand full control as coach and general manager to avoid interference by directors in football. So once again, he was like, hey, you should have more power than me on top of it. So this guy is, one, you know, the unsung wow. hero of the Green Bay Packers. Well, sorry. I. It's kind of, this is actually, what makes it even more disrespectful. What's his what name? was his name again? <laughs> Jack Venisi. Jack Venisi. I'll never forget it now. There you go. Jack Venisi. Jack Venisi. Jack Venisi. All right. The first uh, championship the Packers won with Lombardi, a few players were in the Army and couldn't always play on weekends. <laughs> they needed to get passes. The first championship game, Paul Horning wasn't going to play. Paul told Vince Lombardi over the phone that he wasn't going to be able to come up for the game. Lombardi hung up, called JFK, and uh, convinced him to let Paul play because, quote, America deserved the best game possible. Oh, my. Wait, where was he? 
uh, I don't know. He was he was in boot camp or whatever. He had the weekend, you know, weekend warrior thing where they were just training. So like, I'm just thinking logistically. How does that like? How did he? <laughs> how did he play that whole year? How did he practice? How I, does that? I I would think that, that the actual boot camp place wasn't too far away from Green Bay. I, I'm obviously. But then, why of all weekends was he not able to make the championship game? Must, well, I think like. People who are in the guard, it's once a month, so maybe it just happened to be oh, that weekend. Oh, it lined up. It's yeah. a full weekend. Yeah, so there you go. Very fun. Uh, moving on. Curly Lambeau died June 1st, 1965 at age 67 in Sturgeon Bay from a sudden heart attack. He was going on a date with his girlfriend, going to pick her up in his new red Cadillac, stepped out, started to help her uh, her father out, mow the lawn, had the heart attack, collapsed, and he died. He died right there on the field. Jeez. And just a couple months later, September 11th, 1965, they named, uh, they officially named Green Bay City Stadium to Lambeau Field. Just a couple months after. That's how quick the turnaround was for actually naming Lambeau Field. And do you think it was like out of respect for him? Well, yeah, it was out of respect. It was also a weird thing, too, because uh, Curly Lambeau and Vince Lombardi did not like each other. Really? Yeah, there was kind of a notorious thing. There, there's like one Sports Illustrated or some Green Bay cover where they were together like on the field, but they did not really like each other very much. We'll get into... Your classic Belichick-Brady yeah. feud. Ooh, Whoa, yeah. oh, the parallels is actually kind of... Kind of insane. Okay, here's another one. Maybe not as interesting. In 1965, uh, Central Division Championship, the Packers forced overtime on a contested call <laughs> on a made field goal. Contested call on a made field goal. The ball was right over the right upright, but it was so high that no one could really tell if it was good or bad. Even the kicker, Don Chandler, thought he missed it, but the refs called it good. So, you know, they forced overtime. <laughs> the next year, uh, the NFL extended the field goal post to be 10 feet higher. Today it's thirty five feet, so they added ten feet at the time. But. Yeah, because I remember always seeing like the little little nubs uh-huh, for field goals. Uh-huh. So there you go. The Packers are one of the reasons why the field goal posts are so high now. Greatest franchise ever. Yeah. Uh, whistles in the ice bowl did not work <laughs> for the first play. Refs tried to use them, and their skin of their lips got ripped off. Oh. So they stopped using the whistle oh. for the rest of the game. Skin off. So then, like, what? They just like down. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I'm sure there was a lot of arms flailing and everything for <laughs> the end of plays and everything because I can hear them. Yeah, yeah. Here's another one. Okay, Willie Davis, Herb Adderley, and Elijah Pitts, a lot of great Green Bay Packers back in the 60s. They lived in a one-bedroom uh, a one-bedroom building together, which was connected to an extermination business. Huh. One got the bed, one got the couch, and one got a cot. Davis and Adderley are Hall of Famers, so it's weird to think of like these guys were literally. Just think of that like in in modern terms, like that's just <laughs> exactly. hilarious. Like what, guys just shacking up in one bedroom apartment, like yeah. that visual is hilarious. And two of them, you know, two of them going to make the Hall of Fame. Yeah. Just- Absurd. <laughs> the Packers interviewed Joe Paterno after they fired Phil Bankston, who was the coach after Vince Lombardi. So the Packers almost had Joe Paterno be their head coach. That they decided to pass on him. Wow. Did not know that. Wow. You talk about butterfly effect. Could you? Yeah. Could you imagine that too? I wonder if he even would like, have been what, good in the what pros. What even happened? Oh my god. Well, that's got my mind <laughs> racing. That's oh man, the bad bad tangent to go down. But I'm said, say, but, that's why I mean well, the butterfly, butterfly effect. effect. Does that save a lot of? Yeah, <laughs> I'm not gonna go there. Okay. Uh, right after Bart Starr retired, he immediately became Dan Devine's QB coach. Kind of interesting. I don't know who Dan Devine is. Dan Devine uh, was one of the coaches in the 70s or 80s. Yeah, 70s or 80s. All right, why is that relevant at all? I thought it was just kind of cool. Right after Bart Starr retired, he was like, all right, I'm going to coach now. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah. Interesting. There you go. 
Uh, Matt LaFleur isn't the only Packers coach to have a leg injury. Remember last year? He <laughs> yeah, Achilles. Achilles. Dan Devine broke his leg after a former Packers center ran into him on the sideline during a game. Uh, <laughs> so who knows if it was on purpose or an accident? Yes. But yeah, Dan Devine did not make any friends. I think if it wasn't him, this is another tidbit. I don't know if you know this. I think it was Dan Devine. Maybe it was someone else. But the Packers were so bad at one point that there was a fan that killed his dog. We're gonna keep, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's uh, let's moving. move on. Don't pretty, want to talk about that pretty okay. quickly. Okay. The worst trade in Packers history was in 1974. Dan Devine, who was a terrible coach and at the end of the line, anyways, after a losing season and having a bad season at the time, he needed a quarterback. His first rounder from the year before at quarterback had led three touchdown drives in 17 quarters, so they were oh. really, <laughs> really bad. Uh, Dan needed a quarterback. He almost traded for a 25-year-old Archie Manning. But then instead went with 34-year-old John Hadle, a former MVP. The Packers traded two first-round picks, two second-round picks, and a third. And the next year, he left for for, uh, Notre Dame to coach the uh, Notre Dame Fighting Irish. He's actually the the coach in uh, Rudy. Oh, <laughs> yeah, he's the guy who comes in late. But yeah, he uh, he ruined. He he was so the original. First, he was the original Bill O'Brien, pretty two much. Two first, two seconds, a third for a thirty-four-year-old former MVP quarterback. Yep. And how did this? Dang, dang! And it. I mean, that was Archie Manning. Yeah, did not want Archie Manning. Went with Hadel instead, and that, it's one of the reasons why the Packers were so bad in the eighties. And obviously, Hadel's Packers career was just. I think he retired soon after that. Like Jesus. he didn't have much. I mean, at all. two first, two seconds. I mean, imagine that type of draft capital well, being thrown around today. You ready? Okay. That not only that in nineteen eighty one, a year after they traded for John Jefferson, a receiver for San Diego. The Packers gave up two first and two second rounders. That means in less than ten years, the Packers traded away four first round picks. Four second round picks, and t- for two, uh, for two Johns that did not produce John Hadle and John, <laughs> John Doe's. So that's why this, the Packers were so bad in the seventies and eighties. They just you know hedged, just absolutely hedged the hamstrung future. themselves. Yeah. Yep. Nineteen uh, seventy nine draft scouts were telling Bart Starr, "Oh God, this one, this one's really sucky." Nineteen seventy nine draft scouts were telling Bart Starr over and over to draft a certain quarterback, a guy they described as, quote, a guy who only wins. They ended up passing him three times, the last time taking a nose tackle. After the quarterback was drafted, one of the scouts stormed out of the room and slammed the door. The quarterback that they passed on, Joe Montana. Mm. Once again, that butterfly effect, it's so weird. Like that, Joe Paterno... Imagine where the Green Bay Packers would be. It's funny how, you know, we think of Bart Starr Dang. and Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers. We've had all these Hall of Fame quarterbacks. Like, shoot, what, Bart Starr, Joe Montana, and maybe we would have found someone Good else. Lord. So there so there was there was only one scout pounding the table for Joe? I think it was a lot of scouts, but one got very pissed that about it. Was it. Just, they passed him three times. The third time, he's like, that's it. I'm out of here. Yep, yeah, and they took a, a friggin' nose tackle, too. <laughs> Ron Wolf was going to originally hire Bill Parcells to be the head coach. Hmm. But Bill Parcells couldn't coach that year because he had to get open heart surgery, so he settled on Mike Holmgren. Aha! Yeah, Super yeah. Bowl champ. Yep. Um, I think. I mean, they probably still would have won this. Uh, I don't know. I'm glad. I'm glad we had Mike Holmgren because when you think of Parcells, he looks like a just angry. You know, you picture him right yeah. now. Right? He's scowling. But but I mean, one of the most respected coaches of all time, though. Yeah. Very. Tr- yeah. But true. and I remember, uh, like, I see a lot of people who are. Fr- obviously much more familiar with that era that Mike Holmgren was just like a brilliant offensive mind too in terms yeah. of like play calling and West Coast the offense, flow yeah. of the game. Yep. Yeah. So yep. who knows if that 
you know, that applies with Parcells. So cool. interesting. Good, good point. Brett Favre didn't pass his physical after being traded to the Packers. Originally. Oh, no. Doc McKenzie said it isn't a problem and that he'll play three to four years. So they went through with the trade. So they basically like he should have failed the physical, but they were like, we really want this guy. So they just let it pass. Dang. I wonder oh, I want if that that's allowed. Mm-hmm, like, apparently. Because. Okay, so is it so that that must mean it's the team's discretion where yeah. like if they don't pass the physical, they can be like, nope, trade off, and yeah. it's no, you know, maybe it's changed too. No issue, obviously, that was back in the nineties. Yeah, that's why I'm wondering yeah. like if that happened today where they were like, no, we just love this guy so much. I don't care if he's got a bum knee right now; he'll be fine in six months. We're still going to do the trade. Like, I wonder if that's exactly interesting. <laughs> All right. Uh, the Packers signed Reggie White. Obviously, you know that's a big thing we always he think like, about. He's like the pioneer of free agency. The pioneer of free agency. So, you know, and we think of deals today, RIP, how, how big they are. We signed him in free agency. The deal that he signed was a four-year, $17 million deal. <laughs> think yeah. about that. He was the big, that was like the biggest, you know, free agent. Well, it was the first year of free agency, too. And it was $17 million. That's what, like, Devontae gets a year, pretty much. Or yeah. that's what he'll at least I was going to say, that's, like, that's probably a contract that, like, mm, no, not Will Redmond, but, like, yeah. uh, uh I'm trying to make it comparable. Like, it's probably it's probably like, what um, close like a, a to middle of the line. Lucas safety. Patrick got like the three year. He probably got like. Oh yeah, there we go. Middle of the line it. guard or something. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, Interesting. Exactly. Now it's like he was like the best player in the league. <laughs> right. And going along with that, uh, at the start of free agency, a lot of people thought it would be the beginning of the end for the Green Bay Packers. You know, they're a small town. They wouldn't be able to compete in the mm-hmm. free agency. Uh, they had the best record during the first five years of the free agency era. So for all that doubt that might have been out that there, that is a actually very the interesting tidbit. Because mm-hmm. yeah, I imagine that was like that would be the talk of the town of just like there's no way they're going to be able to recruit people here, blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think Reggie White is a big thank you for that. Like yeah. he put Green Bay on the map. Literally, literally thank God, thank <laughs> God. Because uh, have you heard that before too? I think Holmgren when they were trying to convince Reggie White to come play, he literally called him. And said, Reggie, this is God. So, like, sign with the Packers. He, <laughs> leg- he legitimately Holmgren did, that. did that. It was either If it wasn't Holmgren, it was Ron Wolf. It was one of the two. This is God. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. Dude. Ba- back to some bad stuff. 1972, the Packers won the NFC Central. The next time they did was 1995. Jeez. So when you think. But you say. 72? 72, and then 95 was the next Oh, one. my So once again, if everything, for how much we complain about, you know, 2018, 2017, and we got to get trace so ourselves sometime spoiled. in the... Oh, my God, dude. It, <laughs> Holy shit, it, dude. We're unbelievably uh, spoiled, yeah. Here's another one. Holmgren only coached the Packers for six seasons. Mike McCarthy, 13. Hmm. You know, we think of Holmgren as being one of those guys helped move the franchise only six years, half as long as McCarthy was. That is kind of nuts, because he, he ended up, well, not winning another Super Bowl, but appearing in another Super Bowl with the Seahawks, which mm-hmm. is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, people don't realize how good Ted Thompson was. His first year, he drafted Rodgers when he had Favre. He followed that up the next year by hiring an offensive coordinator for the worst offense in the NFL. He made those decisions within a year of each other. So just think of that. Drafting Aaron Rodgers when you have Favre and then also sticking your neck out there to get the 49ers offensive coordinator. Oh. And it worked out. Worked out mm. pretty well. I don't mm-hmm. know if you know that we did win a Super Bowl. Okay. Woodson never thought in a million years Al Harris would be a coach in the NFL. Quote, you're telling me a guy who only played press corner is going to teach other guys to do a bunch of different things. <laughs> Charles Woodson said Charles that? Charles Woodson Damn. Said that. Yeah, me. Going at his old teammates neck. Trouble That's... in paradise? Ooh. I mean, he's still he's still coaching, isn't he? Isn't he? Al Harris, yeah. He's... For the Cowboys, right? Yeah. 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 Okay. Wow, okay. that's kind of... 
Damn. <laughs> that was okay. shit, dude. Yeah, just relax. Talk, talk, talking that shit. All right, here are the last two. Two very fun ones. Sam Khan Gatto was once Roger's wingman on double dates. Gatto's star year was Roger's rookie year. He said, quote, it was a short night. I don't think anything happened with the two of them. Uh, Sam Congato said he brags to his wife that he was Roger's wingman. <laughs> so I would go. I would brag about that till the day I died. How could you not? Yeah, and he's still, I don't know if you remember Sam Congato much. a doctor. Much. Yeah, he's he's now a practicing doctor after, yeah, because he was born in Nigeria. Good for him. Got his fame, paid for his ex- education, and now he's making the real big bucks. Good for him, mm-hmm, man. Mm-hmm. What and an inspiring story. Here's the last one, the one I probably enjoy the most. This was on Wildy and Tausch. So they talked about this on Wildy and Tausch, and they never brought it back up or ran with it. So John Schneider talked to Brady Papinga. Brady Papinga was who was on Wildy and Tausch. So John Schneider was talking to Brady Papinga at the Thanksgiving party the week after Rodgers played against the Cowboys. I don't know if you remember that. He came in when Favre got hurt. Played well. Played very, very well. Brady said that John was drunk, even burping in Brady's face. He came up to Brady, and they said that they were going to be giving him a contract extension. Then he started talking and said, we got our guy. You see him? That's our guy, pointing to Aaron Rodgers, <laughs> and said that they were done dealing with Brett Favre and the retirement saga. Sure enough, he was right. You know, the next year, or yeah, that year they moved on right after in that offseason. And Brady said that next Monday, Schneider chased him down in the hall and said, what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. <laughs> it's like, don't ever, don't ever repeat that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And Wildy's good buddies with John Schneider, who grew up in Green Bay, so I didn't think he wanted to keep talking about that. That kind is of, you know. amazing. I, wow. Mm-hmm. That's so, a great tidbit. So there you go. Those are all the tidbits. I don't know. I think most of them were pretty interesting. God, that was a lot, dude. Yeah. There's so many. Yeah, maybe I'll cut some of them out, but you know, we're all smarter Packer fans now, not to steal that from... Uh, Blue 58, but there you go. Are you going inside a public building? Have you developed a double chin that you want to hide out in public? Have you finally decided to wear a mask after being the star in one too many public freakout videos? Sounds like you could use a homemade cloth mask. 26hats.com makes some of the best cloth masks around. Check out the website to see what styles are available. Each mask is handmade using hands to make them. There's no better way to represent the state of Wisconsin while also making yourself less contagious than wearing one of these masks. For custom koozies, book covers, and face coverings, visit 26hats.com today. We now welcome on a very special guest once again. Recurring guest. Recurring guest for a little segment, hopefully 20 good minutes, Mr. Brett Good. A Super Bowl champion. How are we doing? Doing pretty good. How are you guys? Good. Hanging in there. It's a bye week, so we're pretty bored, but uh, yeah, we're filling the time. It's kind of the whole 2020, you get bored on the bye week. Yeah. <laughs> yep. So how's it been the last couple months? I know you have Arkansas football, I'm sure you've been paying attention to as well and watching the Green Bay Packers. It's been exciting to watch Arkansas. We won our first SEC game in about three years, so that was nice. I, I actually uh, tweeted out, I did Twitter, I think it was Facebook. Uh, where Arkansas and Green Bay won in the same weekend, which hadn't happened in like three years, so that was nice. Uh, especially being an Arkansas guy, that's uh, a great we weekend. Lost a close one. We, we lost a close one last week, um, so I was looking forward to Sunday. And then I was like, "Oh yeah, it's a bye week, so they're not playing." <laughs> so, but it's it's been good. Yeah. How? Uh, what do you think of the Packers so far this year? I think we're all a little surprised with how well everything's been humming. I mean, we wow. the Packers are second in the league in points right now and they didn't even play this week? 
it's impressive because they just seem like they're they're hitting on all cylinders. And to not have an off season, it gives a credit, you know, to the to the the veterans out there and the coaching staff to really get them playing well. And then it allows everything else to just kind of flow. Um, my daughter had to come to my office all day today. You know, you start talking and, and she comes to the deal. But um, I just think that they've been they've been playing really good all, all three phases of the game, and so that's been exciting to watch. Um, obviously, I think the the no crowd kind of helps sometimes, especially on the road, to kind of be able to use the arcades and get some guys off sides, which Aaron's really good at. So it, it's been exciting so far. Yeah, I mean, I have no complaint. It, so far, it's blowing my expectations away because it even during training camp no one was really saying that the offense was performing half as well I was getting more prepared for the defense to step up like they kind of did at the beginning of last year but it's just been points 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 it's back to like you know we talked about it before too like it's feeling like 2011 again almost it, it is and you know it's crazy is the offenses across the league are scoring a lot more points mm-hmm. than know they're usually doing so maybe the COVID the no offseason kind of hurt the defense more so than the offense um I don't know with those guys maybe not playing together uh but the the league is up on scoring but to see Green Bay do it you know we were able to do it last year not to this extent obviously but you know Green Bay surprised people last year too so it's like they just kind of ride under the radar I guess somehow and are, are surprising people but you know when you got a Hall of Fame quarterback back there it shouldn't be a surprise yeah, like you said with the, the no fans, I think that can't be emphasized enough. I think that is a huge thing for the offensive production across the league. Like, I mean, you look at last night, Monday night, rookie Justin Herbert goes into the Superdome. And now normally I don't think he would yeah. throw four touchdown passes the way he did in, in a crazy normal Superdome environment. So, yeah, I think the no fans can't be, you know, overstated. It is, and you get those fans, you know, look at their record on an actual, you know, Monday night football game, and you know, with the crowd noise, and you, know, you got people that drink all day, you know, they're, they're getting ready for it, and they're loud, and, and they're rowdy, and that's across the NFL for the most part, mm-hmm. most stadiums, um, besides a handful, so it's good to see a couple of stadiums that have some fans, and it, you can actually tell the difference when there, there's some real fans there, and they're cheering versus the, the crowd noise, but from watching on TV, it's, it's enjoyable to watch. You, you notice it on like kicks on field goals and, and extra points. And then you notice it on the touchdown celebrations, you know, when they go down there and there's nobody to celebrate with. So yeah. mm-hmm. um, you, you don't see the normal fans. You don't see the Lambo leaves, but for the most part, it's been very enjoyable to watch. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, I have no complaints. It's funny too. Cause I think early on, like week two, Rogers was saying how obviously he wants the fans back, but at the same time it's helped with his cadence, but you mentioned there too. And <laughs> I wonder if almost he's, regretting saying that now with the blow up of COVID and Green Bay too, how it's like, well, I don't think there's going to be fans at Lambeau for the foreseeable future, at least. It's it's going to be a while until they get those numbers down. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully. Um, So early this year too, uh, Lane Taylor, did you play with the lane? You must've played with. I I did. I actually rented uh, one of the times I came back up there when, after I had my son, we were married, we actually rented one of his houses. Oh yeah. He He had just moved out there. And so we rented, so I know Lane well. Did you ever uh, barbecue with Lane? I did not. Oh, damn it. I know he's big into that. He's big into, like, the smoke and meat. I always see that. <laughs> man, I always – man, that would have been nice. Okay. It's a good trait to have as an O-line. <laughs> yeah. It is. It is. Being able to cook, it's a very big trait to have. <laughs> Especially when they invite all the O-linemen over there. you got to be able to feed them. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh, so, Lane, unfortunately, tore his ACL early on, uh, week one. And I feel like it kind of mirrors a situation that you fell into because – 
You tore your ACL in 2015. I believe it was the last year of your contract, too. You had mentioned last time that 2016 was a more memorable season for you because you overcame that ACL tear, and you also mentioned how you kind of had a rehab by yourself. I'm curious what that process is like because for fans from the outside looking in, I think we just kind of assume after a player gets hurt that they're kind of taken care of by the NFL and they're helped along the way. But maybe it wasn't exactly like that. What was the process like for you? So the team actually, they have to pay for your rehab. But when your contract's up in March, you know, because the contracts are done through the league year and it, it ends in March. And if your contract's up, you basically aren't allowed in the facility, even if you're injured, even if you're rehabbing. But whether you want to be, and I did some stuff in Green Bay, and then I did some stuff at home with a physical therapist, but it was not to the way that they do in, at the stadium. You know, the, the intensiveness and like the, the long, like you don't have the full day of just doing all this rehab, especially as you're getting you know, older. Like the first time I ran was in a parking lot at a hospital. Like it was, wow. that was the first time of really just, you know, trying to learn to run again after the tear. So it's a long journey, but for him to do it early, by the time that this season's over and the league year starts, I mean, he should be raring to go, you know, if everything goes well. Because I think mine – I started running at like four months, I think, and I felt like I was ready to go at six months, which was getting close to training camps. Uh, But I actually – you know, the first game was right around nine months, I believe, is – when I came back to action. So then are you rehabbing at the team facility and getting help from the team doctors all the way up until March? And then is it like when March comes, you're just kind of like, all right, see you later. It is, but they have, they put a plan together. So, so Nathan flea, they put a plan together the whole time and they actually sent it to another physical therapist. So the, all the bills were paid. Like not, there wasn't anything where like I had to do anything out of pocket unless I wanted to do something crazy. Um, but they, they set a plan together and they, they said, this is kind of what we stay on track of doing. And, and so they actually communicated back and forth and checked the progress. Um, and then of course, you know, I'm, I'm friends with Nate and Flea. And so you, you, I was able to text them and just tell them, you know, kind of how the progress was going. Is this normal? Is, is this not normal? And so um, they were very helpful the whole, whole way. Um, I, I should have been more clear last time with that. What I meant by doing it on my own is it was, you know, I'd go for a 30 minute session, but then I could see those guys throughout the year of all the extra stuff they were doing. And so I would have to go do a lot more on my own that I knew would be beneficial for me. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. I, cause it's one of those things where you just kind of think about, and then, yeah, I would assume well, they're involved a little bit at the end there. And too. the ACL, it's a thing where it's not like a couple month recovery. It, it can be, at least I've heard a nine to 10 to 11 month recovery. And obviously that March, cutoff is you know way shorter than the full recovery so yeah it makes sense where it's kind of like a almost a network where they're constantly communicating with each other to you know make sure you're on top of it yeah and that's and that's that's the unfortunate thing about an acl is it's a long recovery and i think by rule you know they've changed some stuff over the years and i knew whenever i got back out there at nine months that if i retore it it was probably because from the same chair i got out there too soon Mm. and so there's a lot of studies that show if if you tear it outside a year of surgery, that's a completely new tear. Like if, even if you had a never tore your ACL, you would have tore it again. Um, but the inside the year mark is the is the critical mark. And there's a there's a fine line after you get going of, of stuff that you can do. And it's it's more of the contact and just making sure you rebuild all those muscles around the knee. Okay. Well, there you go. No, I, yeah, I, I learned more I about the process. About yeah. I and, and I will say one thing, the range of motion when they bend your knee after it is the most excruciating pain I've ever had. Really? 
they, they lay you on a table and they basically just bend your knee until you you're crying. I mean, it, it hurts. Oh yeah. And that's so after it, you've already recovered. This is after, I mean, we started doing range of motion like the day after surgery. Damn. Oh, gotcha. so cause you got, you got to, you got to get that flexion back in your knee. If you just oh, let your knee sit there, you get stiff. Yeah. So you, you've got to get that, that going again. And what they, they judge it off your opposite knee. And so whatever your opposite knee is, that's kind of where the mark is to go. that you want to get to. And it's, it's very painful. Yeah, I wow. believe it. Well, there you go. Learn more about ACLs than I ever knew. Heck yeah. <laughs> so I was looking back, diving into stats, uh, pro football reference. So it looks like from 2008 to 2014, you had a t- at least a tackle just about every year or up until 2013. And after that, it doesn't look like, at least in the regular season, you had another tackle. I'm curious, as a long snapper, like, number one, the number one goal has to be to get off a clean snap. After that is, you know, running downfield kind of, you know, gravy? Is it just kind of a little extra that you... Or do you stick to a lane? I think that was kind of a rule when I was punting back in my – or snapping back in my day. Like, how does that work in, in the big – It is. So, obviously, the first thing is the snap. You want to get a good snap back there, then the protection, um, and then it's your coverage lane. You know, and, and there's a lot of times where they have six box or seven box, you know, up there where you're allowed to pick. And so, you'll see a lot of times where the snapper, if you watch the guards, the snapper's job is – if he didn't have anybody on him is to get that linebacker, that whoever that better athlete is, to get that defender off of him and let him go make the tackle. Like he's paid to tackle, we're paid to snap. And so a lot of times is, you know, there's where I can divert the guy, even if I'm in my coverage lane, but it diverts him back to somebody else. It, it's, it's a win, you know, it's a positive play. And so it's, it's not a category that, you know, that there's not a huge stat category. I know Zach Biasi for the, for the Giants was very big into tackling. Um, and because he was a former linebacker. And uh, so now they've kind of converted to more and more linebackers and younger, like smaller guys playing because there's not as much hitting of the snapper on field goal either. Oh, Trying to get yeah, free that's range. right. Yeah. Right. So, you know, when I first got in, it was get bigger, get bigger, get bigger, because you got to take the, take the hits. Now they're off a yard off the ball. And so it allows the kind of the smaller guys, and they're not all small, but they're, they're a lot faster because they're able to kind of convert from college, which, you know, most colleges don't block anyway until they get to the pros. Sure. Sure. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, sticking with, you know, snapping there too, what was practice like? And I guess coaching too. So you had Sean Slocum and Ron Zook as your uh, special teams coordinators. I actually saw too. It, it was just odd how the transition to once Ron Zook took over as a special teams coordinator, you didn't have another tackle after that. Yeah, was there like a scheme change involved with that that caused that, or was it just? There wasn't a whole lot of scheme change. No, I mean there was some verbiage, but for the most part, we we stayed with the same scheme. It's just one of those things that just you know a lot of times I can go back on film and I'm always close, I'm always right there. But we we also paid our gunners to to try and make tackles. Sure. You know, we had guys that that was, that was what they did. So you know, with all that motion and everything that we did, that was to get guys off the ball, um, to get another guy in the lane, and and then also the punters were doing well, uh, putting the balls in the corner and, and not really allowing a whole lot of returns. Yeah. Um, for the most part, you know, as the weather gets colder in Green Bay, it obviously gets tougher. But for the most part, you don't want them to have a whole lot of returns. And, and there's a there's a big gap between the gunners and, and the other linemen getting down there. Sure. Yeah. I, I mean, like you kind of mentioned there too, Kyle, I wonder if 
half of that is just the fact that you had Jeff Janis who was running down the sidelines making tackles. Exactly. And remember Jared Bush. I mean, Jared Bush made oh, yeah. his living yep. going out there gunners. So that, that's what those guys get paid for. And if they can't get down there, somebody else can. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There you go. Okay. And how, what, like, do you get critiqued during practice about your snaps too? Because I assume early on, you know, early in your career, maybe there was more of an influence from the special teams coordinators, but after on, is it just, all right, just, it's you, you know what to do. <laughs> you, Mastay, and Crosby kind of hanging out and figure, figuring out the whole, you know, motion of getting the snap mean, off and yeah. everything. There, there's a little critiques. It's more of questioning what do you think you did here, and it's it's mainly want to know if we had the knowledge. Um, because by the time that you get to the NFL, you should know how to snap. It's not like learning how to do it. Um, and for the most part, there's not a lot of special teams coordinators that have snapped. You know, they, but they've been around snappers. So they know the verbiage. They know how it's done. They just don't know certain things, uh, but they definitely know how to help you in, in, in times. And I was lucky to have Rob there as well, oh, uh, who yeah. played many years in the league. So, I, you know, I got to pick his brain quite a bit. But for the most part, it was just – it's you three on your own. You know, they're, they're recording the, – the coaches are recording and they're critiquing and telling us what to do. And But there's a lot of drills behind the scenes that it's just on – it's on you. And you've got to go out there and just practice it. So you were – yeah, you were obviously, you know, very good at your job. You were employed by the Packers for nine, ten years. Like, what is, like, the margin of error with snaps? Like, has, have you ever had a practice where, I don't know, the snaps just weren't, you know, spiraling or you just had bad snaps? Like, did you feel like that your job security was ever in question? Or, like, what – like, I guess the question is, like, what was the margin of error as a long snapper? Well, I did have one snap that went over the punter's head in the, obviously in the game in college. And then I had one that went over the practice field and, in, in Green Bay. And, and Sean just looked at me and goes, that's your one bad snap for the year. Like, that's it. Yeah. Wow. Um, that's... And that, that's the mentality that I took. Um, when you don't make tackles, you got to be good at snapping and, and, you know, and blocking. And so you, you don't want to screw up. And for the most part, you kind of got to make sure that you get the job done because – there's not a whole lot of leeway. There's other guys that, that can do the job and, and you're paid to snap. And so you want to make sure that you're doing a good job at it. Yeah, because yeah. I, I think I read that somewhere too where you got to the point or at least they were asking asking you about it where it got from, okay, first it's zoning in and getting it down to you know snaps being accurate. But then after that, you were able to get it so that the laces were in the right spot a lot of the time. Like how, how do you do that? How is it even possible? It mainly on field goal. I mean, that's just repetition. I mean, it's just doing it over and over. And I can probably, to this day, the last time I did it was probably six months ago. You know, I can tell you where to catch my ball. Like, yeah. because I know that it's on me throwing, a, a, you know, a consistent ball. And so if I tell you where to catch it, more than likely I can get you to where you're going to catch the laces out. Wow. Okay. That is, yeah. I I mean, I, I it makes sense that, you know, it's the NFL that would be required, but it, it would just seems insane that you can actually put that into play like that and just have the laces right there. It's... And, you know, honestly, there's, there's some that can't do it still. They don't do it consistently. But when you get to work the weather games in, in Green Bay, then you go to Chicago or you got a rainy game, wherever, that's where it really it pays. It pays because I remember with Tim and Mason did the same thing. Even if I had a high snap, my laces were going to be good. So his tempo and everything could stay the same. Because, my, you know, my ball was still going to have the laces, so he knew there wasn't going to have to fiddle with the ball a little bit. So it just helps out to be consistent because the more that you can do together and make everything flow, the easier it is on everybody. And that kind of – that makes me think, like, you know, the two snaps that you're responsible for are so different. You know, one's a 
a 15 yard missile back to the punter. The other is a, you know, six, seven yard kind of pinpoint, obviously with the laces out. Is there like a, are there different approaches to both of those snaps? Like, are you focused more on like the spin for the field goal snap as so the laces can get out or how does that approach work? It's a little bit of both. Um, obviously, the target's different from the punt and the field goal, and the speed's a little bit different. You don't want to rifle it back to the holder on field goal and try mm-hmm. and crush him. You know, that doesn't do any good to it for you. Um, so it's it's just two different snaps, you know, but the within the two different snaps, you're throwing the ball the same. So you want to make sure that you're having a good release, make sure that you're falling through, and make sure you just throw it. You know, a lot of times we're – you know, even like young guys, like in high school and where they start having struggles is they start trying to guide the ball and you don't want to guide it. It's just like trying to throw a pass. You think about throwing a football, you know, baseball, if you start really trying to aim it with your hand instead of throwing your technique, then you end up throwing a bad, a bad ball. So you just want to trust it and throw it and just, and and you got to let it go. And, you know, when you got a block, you really got to let it go because there's nothing you can do about it. (laughs) Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. So we talked about it there a little bit too, you know, staying consistent and trying not to be inconsistent there. So Mason missed an extra point uh, last game. I'm curious what what goes on on the sideline after that happens. Obviously, you were with the team too in 2012, 2013 when Mason had that kind of off year for him. I mean, he's the leading scorer in Packers history now, I believe. But he had that one kind of bump in the road. How do you approach your job when that's going on? I don't like. Are you involved in those conversations, or how does that conversation take place? You're involved a little bit in the conversations in the meeting rooms, not much. I mean, that's a that's a personal thing. It's yeah. I don't know the first thing about kicking. You know, I know like a well, little bit, but when it comes down to the true techniques of it, I'm not going to tell him anything different. You know, you come off the sideline, you pat him on the butt, and you say, you know, keep your head up. Yeah. Uh, because in the NFL and college, everywhere you you know you play sports, it's it's the next play. And so even if you did good, you forget about it. And if you did bad, you forget about it because you can't let two mis- like one mistake turn into two. And so it just, you want to try and, and hone it in and everybody's human, you know, people have bad games and, you know, you have down years, but you want to make those as small as possible. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. That makes, makes a lot of sense. All right. Well, shoot. I mean, we're getting really close to our 20 minutes here that we were shooting for with, uh, 20 good minutes. <laughs> Last thing, very, very important question. We uh, we finish every episode with a song. What song should we play off this episode with? Hmm. Ooh, that's a good one. Um, let's see, we, what did we do? We did the Randy Rogers Wade Bowen last time, didn't we? Yep. Um, yeah, on the way home today, I was listening. The kids were showing them you can't roller skate in a buffalo herd. I mean, that's... <laughs> that's so, a song title? You can't... Yes. Roger Miller. Yeah, that's an older one. Yeah, it's an older, older song. I mean, we. I kind of listen to everything. The title alone, I love it. (laughs) Yes. Okay, I think we'll go with that one then. All right. Well, this was awesome. Thanks again for doing it. Thank Um, you guys. Yeah, I don't know. Have uh, predictions for the rest of the season. There we go. There we go. I mean, if we keep scoring like we're doing, obviously we're going to win a lot of ball games. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think we definitely need to, to slow some people down. I think that as you kind of get into the winter months, the, the game's going to change a little bit more where you always got to run the football. I know the coaches, they're trying to run, and we, we've been successful running, but you're going to have to kind of pound a little bit, but then also you can kind of lean on Aaron. So as long as we can stay consistent and anytime you don't turn the ball over and you control the field position, you've got a really good chance of winning. So 
I think we're going to finish out strong. Um, there's some teams out there that look good. I know the Bears have looked pretty good so far, you know, especially on defense. I know a lot of people in Green Bay, don't, you know, you don't. nobody wants to ever admit it, but it's it's it, the record is what it is right now in the first yeah. quarter of the season. So um, it, it's just going to have to continue to, to, like Mike McCarthy used to say, you got to stack success. I mean, we've, we've got to keep building off of it and not get complacent because as soon as you get complacent, you're going to have a bump in the road. And so um, hopefully they can just keep it rolling. They're going to have to. I know Seattle, they started rolling too. So we've, we've got to stay, yeah. stay up so we can maybe get some home field playoff games. Hopefully finally host an NFC championship. Yep. That would be nice. I guess I've got one more question after bringing that up. Um, so I kind of thought of this back in 2011 and, you know, other years where we, we look really good at the beginning of the year. It's almost like, like, does a team need to lose to kind of get themselves back together? Because that's I'm looking at the team right now and it's like, I know it's a really, really high standard to have, but it's like if I kind of want that game where we come back to earth. When you're on the team, do you do you have that kind of – I mean, obviously you don't want to lose, but you kind of want something to ground you again. As a player, you don't, and you and you think you're going to win every game. I yeah. think uh, – what was it, the, the Chargers game last year that yeah. we lost, and Aaron, Aaron made that comment about, you know, we kind of needed it. I think that was it. Um, so, yeah, it, it, there is something to that because – you know, realistically, there's not a team that can run the table that hasn't been completely done for the most part. But you also want to go out there and win. So it, I think the mental breakdowns and the missed assignments is what you don't want to see. And if we start seeing that, then we're going to know there is some complacency there um, because guys aren't taking it serious and doing their job. Um, so that's going to be the key is, you know, now in a, in a COVID world, we talked about this last time, it, There's you got to study and you got to kind of keep your head you know, clean. You got to stay out of out of the bars and out of the you know the places you shouldn't be because to, to play football you you've got to be there. And so there shouldn't be an excuse for for mental errors because now they've got the time to do it. So hopefully we'll see. Then you know you got to keep tackling well. Well yes, said. Absolutely. Really well said. Cool. All right. Okay. I just have one question off the record. Yes. You don't have to answer it if you don't want to. <laughs> and we might add it if you do have a good answer. But if you don't want us to add it, we won't. Um, I was just curious, did you see the comments by Rogers this past week on like the Pat McAfee show where he said it grabbed a bunch of headlines. He was like, uh, you know, most, most down years or down years for most quarterbacks are, or down Down year for me is a, is a, is a a good year for most quarterbacks. Career years for other quarterbacks. Yeah. Yeah. Like I'm just curious. So like with that comment, he obviously knows he's the man. And he obviously knows he can talk a little shit, too, because that grabbed a bunch of headlines. So I'm just curious, like, you know, you've hung around him behind closed doors. Like, does he does he I don't know, like talk like does he know he he's a bad man like that? And does he kind of let you know about it or does he need to be provoked like he kind of was? I think there's a little bit of both. I mean, honestly, because you go through everybody has to have that confidence and when the media is always watching you and everything you do is always wrong mm-hmm. you know and i don't know if we talked about last time you know a, a good media person kind of wants you to finish eight and eight so they can talk about the good things but they can talk a lot about the bad wow. and that's kind of what they want to go off of but with him he's always had that confidence but i think now he's he's having a lot of fun with that confidence um and so it just you can see it on the field he's having fun with the guys and he's enjoying it and I'm glad he's opening it up. I mean, I think that's good for him at this point in his career to just, you know, you say your opinions you and come out with it. If that's what you want to do, do it. Absolutely. You know, and he's obviously doing it. And I, I saw it. It had tons of headlines. Obviously, you know, 
it gets retweeted yeah. <laughs> one after the other. So it's, it's hard not to see that. But it, I was laughing when I saw it. I saw it live and I was like, oh my God, that's going to be everywhere. And sure enough, two hours later, it was any news article you saw was that just that quote. And It is. And, and I'm glad he's doing that show right now because it, it's fun. You know, again, with the COVID stuff, the more that we can get players on some sort of social media or some sort of interviews that we can get their faces out there because I think it's huge is to keep people involved and, and kind of get their name out there when you know when I was there we would do the, the weekly bar shows I don't know if they're doing it right now where that you know they're doing the radio shows and doing everything but we would do those type of shows where a lot of those guys aren't getting to do it and that's across the league because of not allowing a lot of people in the, in the crowd um, so the more that we can get these guys out there and let them portray their image and kind of build their image because the more interviews you do, the better you do you get at interviewing. You know, especially true. You know, the, the media is yeah. not even in the locker room. <laughs> you know, so th there's a lot of questions and a lot of things that people don't get to ask because even after the game, you know, Dak Prescott this last weekend, uh, they were talking. You know, an unfortunate incident that happened. It's part of the game, but you hate it for him. But they're talking the next day. I was listening to Dan Patrick, and he's like, "Yeah, we, we're not in the locker room, so we can't even see what the guy's face." you know, their facial expressions are. And so that's the stuff that we miss from seeing those sound bites on TV. You know, we're getting a little bit after the games, you'll see a little bit, but you've got a screen behind your head and it's yeah. just a couple of questions and they can walk off. So I would like to see more interviews and, and see if we can kind of interact a little bit more. Yeah. As fans, I, that would be, that would be ideal. I would love that. Yes. Yeah. And, and it'd be good to get the message out, you know, hang in there. It's, it's, it's tough on everybody. I mean, even with the players, you know, just, just some support because everybody needs the love and it's just get out there and, hey, we're all in this together because at the end of the day, we want we are wanting them to play football, but we also want to go to go to the games. So, right. you know, we've got to build on that and hopefully at some point this season, Green Bay can get their acting in check and they can get, so. get some games. Can only pray. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Thank you once again for your time. We really appreciate hey, it. Absolutely. Anytime. And we're back. Thank you very much, Mr. Brett Good, for coming on. I think everyone learned a lot about ECLs and long snapping there. Heck yeah. I love the intricate details about snapping like that. Like, I just love picking the mind of an NFL brain. A Super Bowl champion, yeah, no shoot, less. I forgot. I was going to ask him that, too. Like, hey, do you ever actually wear the ring? Like, you can't, you can't <laughs> Dang, actually wear it that question. much. But moving on to, obviously, much more important things, the food draft. Well... I mean, geez, it's a joke. More important. It's a joke. It's oh, a joke. come okay. on. You got to roll with it, man. Okay. My bad. Uh, football, you know, uh, football food slash tailgate football. food. We're being a little, you know, loosey-goosey creative here with that it. that in a football environment you would eat or you would see there. Yeah. Okay. So I think we need to pick. Okay. We'll have our first pick You can here. just draw. You're, you're, uh, you you're, you're to doing first? too much. Yeah. I'm doing too much. Okay. I will pick first, so we're going to have a draft. I think we'll post it later on the Twitter, too. Okay. Tailgate Foods, first off the board, and it's probably not on your board at all, but I want to make sure I get it. I'm going to take the Cheddar Worst. Ooh. It, I believe it's probably the most underrated of the sausage foods, personally. Mm. The links. The links. And this is, I, you know, this is how you have to get in the mindset. This is mostly a tailgate food. You got to be thinking, especially you. You know, you're on Boar Van Ave mm. tail, tailgating. Oh, he just blew up our spot. Go ahead. <laughs> it's a lot. It's a long street. You know, imagine. Okay, it's December. You know, early December. It's 15 degrees, and now you're just holding this nice soft bun. The cold little, bun. 
It'd probably nope, be cold nope, by that point. Nope. See, you, well, there you go. You got to throw it on the grill a little bit there, man. You got to mm. warm up, warm up the bun. Well, then it wouldn't be soft. It'd be a little crisp. Uh, yeah, but it's soft on the inside. It's gonna warm up, be soft on the inside. That that bite where first you get the softness of the bun and the hardness breaking through the skin of the cheddar worst, mm. and then you have the cheese. But then that you comes just on. got a fucking squirt, just an absolute firework coming the out of that thing. The first one, the first one. But also you got you got to love the cheddar worst slash hot dog too, because especially during a tailgate, you got one hand free for a beverage, maybe catching a football, throwing a football. Very important. But that's yeah, a, that's a good pick. It, it wasn't on my board. Um, so you could have got it in the later rounds, but mm-hmm. quality pick. You, if you if you like your guys, you got to get your guys. Exactly. A la See, Jordan Love. That's I was gonna say. Well, that's my Josiah Deguara. <laughs> I'm, I'm reach I'm reaching there a little bit for for the cheddar But yeah, I, you know, brats and Polish sausages are pretty good too. But I like having that extra little texture in between. Sure, with that cheese. and cheese. Like what? You never have enough cheese. Yep. All right, my first pick. Um, this feels cheap, but I just need it on my board. Just to, and it's not really a food, but beer, beer. You need to have beer there. Okay, yeah, all out. I was even thinking about beer, but just a nice, great taste, less filling Miller Lite. I just, <laughs> I like McGolden Light, and that's more of a Midwest thing. Yeah. So if you're outside of the Midwest, you have no idea what Miller that is. Light is. What you go with? But Miller Lite, it's just something about it. It tastes like Lambo. Like I'll, I'll, I'll crack a Miller Lite in like May, and I'll be like, oh, I can't do this right now. Reminds me of Lambo. For, for and me, it's just the smell, the texture, the taste. I just, oh. you have any Miller Lights? No, I that uh, you know you, you were saying it reminds you of Lambo. It definitely does for me. You know how they say sen- for senses, smell is the one that brings you back to memories the most. Sure. As far as tastes go, a Miller Light does bring me to Lambo because that's the only Boom. time. That's the only time I'm going to drink a fucking Miller Boom. Light. Is that Lambo feel? There you they go. Don't have anything else? But I will say this. Maybe this is a hot take. I will take a High Life over a Miller Light. Any day of the week. I like High Life. I do not like... That's fine. Yeah. Okay, good. You have lesser taste, but that's fine. Yeah, less less taste, more filling, right? Isn't that what you said? Are we doing... uh, We're not doing Snake? No, I'll go. go. Okay. Oh, 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 how convenient. Do you want to go again? (laughs) No, go ahead. You can go. Okay. My next pick, we talked about before. I have to talk about again. Cheese curds. I'm going Mm. to take cheese curds. Maybe reach. Some people might get mad that it's not a tailgate food, but I've got to take it. Back but at, it's more, yeah, again, it's more of like a football food. It's like, classic. classic. If you're at a bar, exactly. you're going to get some curds. I'm always I'm always getting cheese curds. And shoot, even back in the day, way back in the day, I remember high school job working at Grizzlies, working uh, the deep fryer there. It's still the best cheese curd that I've ever made. It's white cheddar curds, mm. little buttermilk. I was just going to ask what uh, you prefer, but go ahead. Oh, yeah, white, white cheddar, you know, a little cold in the fridge, buttermilk. Put it in some flour, throw it in a low, little lower temperature. I think maybe three fifteen for the deep fryer. Very quick. I think you only cook it for about a minute and a half, two minutes. Pop it out, and oh my god, you need that shit to melt in that your mouth. Is... And boy, does it now. If you do, mm-hmm. what do you dip it in? Ooh, <laughs> this Kyle, is where you can get real exotic. Kyle, this is why we have the podcast. <laughs> that is such. That is the best follow up question you have ever had. <laughs> Because I go back and forth on it because even with Mott Sticks, you know, that are kind of interchangeable t- with me at times, never marinara with Mott Sticks, always ranch. Always ranch okay. and with cheese curds. Yep. I'll go with ketchup. You know, you can do, well, Whoa. I prefer ranch, but, you know, if, if there's ketchup on the table, I use the ketchup. If not, I'll ask for ranch and I'll dip cheese curds in the ranch. 
I'm pretty sure ketchup with cheese curds is a federal offense. No, no. Ugh, maybe, maybe My that God, have to be another ketchup is so disrespectful. What I like to do is when I'm feeling real dicey, when they're like the pepper jack curds, Ooh, yeah. dip those in a buffalo sauce. I mean, Ooh. you have an absolute party in your mouth. It is like there's like three DJs, four different dance floors. There's a lot going on, and it's delicious. Yeah, it's, ju- it's just like uh, Stadium View. Mm. Yeah, that's, I think that's the inspiration, honestly. <laughs> yeah, that's a, okay, so I've got cheese curds and the Cheddarwurst now. What? My second pick, pick, again, Wisconsin staple. I mean, I'm absolutely murdering this draft so far. The Bratwurst. Yeah. With, very important for my board, with onions. Oh, the onions. onions on, the onions on a brat just bring it yep. to new heights. And a brat is really good on its own, but you throw onions in there, it's like a whole different thing. It's so good. Little maybe like one strip of ketchup and okay. that's it. Maybe a strip of mustard if I'm feeling okay. if I'm feeling hot. But I, with the onions, whew. I was bracing myself there. I was hoping you weren't gonna say sauerkraut. That's probably sacrilegious mm. too, but I'm not a I'm not a kraut guy. No, I think I think it's that's a pretty normal Wisconsin thing. Yeah. Sauerkraut, but yeah. Like my dad was a big, big fan of the kraut on his brats, but yeah, I never. Ugh. And you, so what? You usually just do ketchup on your on your wieners? <laughs> yeah, <Okay>. yeah. Okay. <laughs> you didn't have to phrase it that way. Yeah, it's <laughs> you know we're slang. We're just some couple, couple guys talking. <laughs> All I, right. I usually go with both ketchup or mustard, but if I have to pick one, I'm going with mustard. Oh, yeah. Now, but then ketchup on your curds, man. It's not. I don't think that's as outrageous as you think it is. I think it is. Well, I guess we'll have we'll have to see in the comments. Okay, <laughs> next pick. Uh, this once again might. I don't think it's a reach here, but I'm just gonna go with a burger. I'm gonna go with a cheeseburger. And Can't, I mean that's a another staple. Very much a staple, you, you know. Butter burger. Third Culver's. round is pretty insane. I thought that's what you were gonna go with with your second pick. Yeah, and uh, talking about it beforehand too. I do like me a good greasy burger more than one off of a grill as well. I. You know, five five guys or In and Out Burger, which you know only get when you're on the West Coast. But I want a I want a juicy burger. I want a greasy burger. I want ketchup, mayo, mustard. Mm. I want it so that there's just enough of that grease. You know, I don't want to be grossed out, but I want to see the grease on the bottom bun drip and spill a little bit. I like yep, that. Yep. Good no pick. tomato. No tomato. But yeah, I got to take the cheeseburger. Mayo on the burger is pretty good too. It's what it's a sneaky thing where I don't like mayo. I don't so like much. mayo. Like like if I see it, I'm like grossed. Like just the the 100%. look and the texture of it is just the. But once it's you know kind of blended in with other things, it can take it over the if top. It, if it's hiding with the mustard and ketchup, it's it's beautiful. Exactly. It's excellent. Well said. All right, your next pick. Your right, third my pick. Third pick. Again, just another. This isn't. This isn't. This would be pretty tough to do at a tailgate, but now that I'm thinking about it, I would love to try it sometime. Uh, chicken wings. Yeah. Boom. Easy. Yeah. Another staple. Another football. Like, if you're at, like, a Super Bowl party or a football party, there are going to be chicken wings there. Yeah. And ob- I know what you're going to ask. Obviously traditional. Yeah. Obviously. Yeah, it's I, – I have a little inner battle with chicken wings just because if I'm going out to a restaurant, I really want to – make it as easy as possible get a boneless boneless wing cut it in half dunk it in the ranch put it in my mouth very <laughs> very very easy but if you you know if you order traditional wings at a bar you're making a mess of yourself yeah that see you're right you're right 
Um, that's why I like the traditional wings in more of like a, a setting where I'm comfortable in. And I, cause when I, yes. when I get into the traditional wings, Oh, oh it's a, it's a crime scene. Do There's you blood everywhere? Do you lick your fingers? Yes. Yeah, I do too. Absolutely. I feel like, I mean, that's so much sauce. Why would you, you know, another cheat code from back in the day, Grizzlies day working in restaurants, you know, through high school and college. One of the best things I discovered is, you know, cooking traditional wings, the actual like wings, Cutting off each side of the knuckle, grabbing the bones, pulling them out, and then you've got an actual boneless traditional wings. Traditional wings. Oh, my God. That will blow your mind. Now, that is very interesting, but I think part of the, you know, allure to eating traditional chicken wings is like the... The way you earn it, you know? You're not wrong. The way you get down and dirty and, you you know, you're like you're... I'm not going to finish that sentence. (laughs) Ooh. And, uh... Yeah, the way you have to, you know, really well, get in there. You have to think while you're eating it because you're you're usually going back and forth between the you know the drummies and the actual wings. Mm-hmm. So you've got to you've got to navigate that throughout the entire experience. Drummies or flats? I yeah, I go with the flats, the actual the actual wing. I actually don't have an answer. Like I I like I don't, them both. I don't I don't care too much. I love if, them both. You know, gun to head. I I go that way. But gun to head. It's more classic. Pull the trigger. It's more classical. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> sir, sir, I cannot decide. Just end me. <laughs> right. Okay. With my last pick, this is one. I wonder if you'll get mad for not thinking of this. I think this is more of a Midwest, Wisconsin thing, especially from our hometown, Superior, Wisconsin. Now, this is not maybe so much tailgate, but it's definitely, you know, eating, eating at home, eating with your buddies, maybe tailgate. Having a few beers in you, you're carrying a little bit less of what a, what a mess you might make. Nacho cheese Doritos and top of the tater. Mm. You go all in. You, yeah, that's absolutely a tailgater for yeah, sure. Yeah, I guess right. But it's, you know, you can go with ruffles or uh, old Dutch. If anything, that's the ideal tailgater because it's not anything you have to really prepare. I just feel gross when you dip a nacho cheese Dorito and it in gets all top orange. of the tater and it gets all orange in there. So it's like it's like a one and done. You, you This top of the tater is only for this. No, the this thing game. is, though, like you just need to you need to know the down and distance with your crew Ooh. if everyone's okay with it then you know no harm no foul yeah yeah well i guess if you bring that that's probably it. you got to bring your own top potato for it oh there you go okay so that is my last pick kyle all right well i'm gonna with my last pick i'm gonna you know stay in the same neighborhood with the dips and i'm gonna go with the taco dip oh that is a great tailgater because you know you just make it you know, the night before or whatever, a big yep. pan, and then you just, boom, literally sits right on your tailgate, and you got your chips, your assortment of chips. Are in, any chip works with a taco dip, yeah. really. And, uh, it's the afterthought. Yeah, so I, 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 I've covered all the bases, really. Beer, brat, chicken wings, taco dip. That is a lineup. You you definitely, yeah. Yours is, your, yours could be like an actual meal, you mm-hmm. know, because you kind of, you have all the bases covered, especially you're, you're going covering with every, covering everywhere, and that's kind of the point of a tailgate. So all, all tastes are, all tastes are accounted for, yeah, I guess. Yeah, that works. So, so what was, again, what was your full draft line up there? Beer, bratwurst with onions. Okay. Chicken wings, traditional, and taco dip. All right, very good. And mm. I had cheddarwurst, mm. cheeseburger. Which was my third pick? I had the top of the tater, and what was my cheese sec- curd? Oh, so no, a lot of, of cheese. Cheese curds. Yeah. Damn! If you would have just went cheese, 
Cheddar, Cheddar Wars, Wars, cheeseburger, cheese curd. You could have just like the three cheeses. Uh, yeah, yeah, you're right. Too bad I don't like cheesy. Oh, well, no, nacho cheese chips. There you go. It is a very cheese. And I don't like raw cheese. I don't like cheese, but I like cheese on things. I was going to say my honorable mention was going to be an assortment of meats and cheeses. Ooh. And I was going to say charcuterie, but that's not really a football word. I'm, yeah, I'm shaking my head in disgust because that is definitely off brand. That is not the type <laughs> that's of That's why I didn't say have. charcuterie. <laughs> I did not say the word charcuterie on this podcast. Now, see, that seems more. Is is that fancy or is that white trash? Charcuterie sounds like yeah, I guess that, that sounds is fancy. fancy. Yeah, yeah, that is very fancy. So that's why assortment of meats and cheeses just sounds pretentious, though. So where do we go from here? We go to is Kyle an idiot? I'm not an idiot. Okay, you sure? Yes. All right. Is right. Kyle an idiot? I did look up the record. I went back and listened. You are thirteen. 10 and 1 mm. on the season. I don't remember what the tie question was. But yeah, you're plus 3 after last week you went 1 and 2, but yeah, you're still, you know, sitting good. You can Heck go yeah. you can go 0 and 3 this week and you'll still be sitting Just got to make the tournament, baby. Exactly. Have a winning percentage enough to get in the tournament. And I think I have some decent questions here. This is a good lineup of questions. Kyle, are you ready? Yes. Okay. Who started opposite Clay Matthews in Super Bowl 45? An outside linebacker. Fuck. This is bad. This is bad. Well, it's it isn't easy because there was a different player who played um, that role um, throughout the playoffs, but then this player came back for the Super Bowl. Oh, this is bad. I don't know. I don't know. Don't know. Um, Mike Neal. <laughs> hey, good solid guess. Frank Zombo. Oh, I don't know if you remember that. He he played for the Packers for a few years, and he had a very interesting sack celebration where he, uh, Zombo, he would, uh, do you know who Zorro is? A masked kind of vigilante, had a little sword, so he'd get a sack, and he'd like whip a sword out. And oh, that's that pretty cool. Yeah. Didn't, is, he cool. Still, is he still in the league? Because I think he was on the Chiefs last year. Not, I, he's not in the league anymore. I think 2018 uh, or 2019 was his last year. But yeah, he, he had a nice little role with the Chiefs for a while as well. Dang, so he just missed out on, a, on another ring. Poor yep. guy. Yep. So, okay. Dang. 0-1. Oh, oh All right. Here we go. Maybe I hope you'll get this one. Should hey, There's only so many ways you can go with this. Amon isn't the only Packers running back with the last name Green from the last 11 years. Who is the other? Other running back? He was a third-round pick in 2011. Can I ask for a clue? Yes. Did he ever play for the Jets? Yeah. Sean Green. No, Alex Green. Dang. Sean Green. S-H-O-N-E, I think is how his name is. Dang it. No, I wonder if that's a real player. Cause that's, what am I thinking? That is really weird because I'm pretty sure Alex Green did go and play for the Jets after he got cut. He was kind of a bust. He only was with the Packers for one or two years. Got cut, and yeah, he went to the went to the Jets. Darn it. It was, oh, the way it's spelled is green with an E at the end. Oh, damn. You remember that guy? Uh, Damn no, it. I don't remember Sean Green. He's drafted by the New York Jets in the third round. Oh, nine. <laughs> Damn, that is weird. How do you... Th- oh, I remember him now. Okay, I remember Sean But then Green. I was like, I don't remember him being on the Packers, but I remember there was a weird run of like That's... Kristen Michael and yep. like, uh, who's the other guy from the Chiefs? Nile Davis. Like there was a weird yep. run in there. Former Green Bay Packer, Nile Davis. He, yeah. He was with the I Packers mean. for like, yeah, two... Yeah, that was, was like a weird, weird yeah. Oh, you're saying that limbo after yep. Lacey and before Aaron Jones. Kind yeah. Of, yeah. Well, okay. Owen two. Alex okay. Green. I can. I think. Okay, you'll get he this. Had dreads too, didn't he? Yep. Damn it. Yep. He played for Hawaii. Okay. 
Packers, I don't know if you know this, did not play last weekend. However, a bunch of former Packers did. Five of them scored touchdowns. Give me, I don't know, two of them? Last week. Former Packers who scored this past week during the bye week. Okay. Yeah, give me two of them. Can you pause it? Because I I want a little time to... Hold on. Yeah. I mean, um, think, think of, you know, the most recent games last night, maybe who played Monday night, you know, Monday night oh, football. Oh, wow. Yeah. Jared Cook. Okay. Yep. That is one. Um, stalling. Let me stall. Mm, perfect. Yeah. Thinking out loud. Ooh, wow. Your knees and ankles cracked. <sighs> Since I was 11 years old, like clockwork. Um, Here's another clue. One is a defensive player. Oh. Oh, Yeah. One of them was a defensive player. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, that play was amazing. Kyler Fackrell. There you go. Jeez, finally. Okay. That I don't, you can the most give me liber- another tie for that one because that no, was No, we'll, we'll give you that one. You were over, oh, if you weren't so over two with the other ones. Yeah, we'll can, I need, can I have the other three? Yeah. Oh, you think I wouldn't say them? Travis uh, Fulgham. Oh, yeah. That was. Oh. Which I can't wait for Packers Twitter to get pissed about him. If They're he not already. They're not already. I mean, if they are, they're stupid, as if anyone gave a shit when he got yeah, cut. He went yeah. through like four teams. Yeah. Travis Fulgham, Jared Cook, Jimmy Graham, Kyler Fackrell, and Taysom Hill. Wow. He did score that last night. so bad. Yeah. Jimmy Graham, too. Like, I couldn't, I couldn't <laughs> think of a single former wide receiver. I was like, our wide receivers are pretty, yep. you know, few and far. So it can't be. And then I couldn't think of any running backs. So I was just like. I don't know why I didn't think of any tight ends. Yep, yep. But, okay, you eventually got to it. I can see the wheels were spinning the whole time. Don't worry. One and two for the week. You're still, ooh, you're still over 500 for the season. Yes. But what is my stump spending question? Okay. This is pretty, pretty simple, pretty straightforward. Okay. I don't think you have to think too hard. Okay. And I think if you think too hard, you might trip yourself up. Uh Uh-oh. Who is the last Packers player to score against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? A touchdown, that is. When did we play them last? Mm, Am I allowed to ask Should that? I tell you? Uh, should. Yeah, well, I mean, okay. 2017. 2017. I mean, I, for some reason, I feel like... Um, hmm. I want to give you another clue without... Just take your time. Yeah, well, take I time. mean, it's not like 2017, I 2017, it was in December. December... And it wasn't. We were still. It was a. Th- it was a thriller of a game. It wasn't Dean Lowry, was it? So I said, "Don't think too hard. Might trip yourself up." Okay. What did Rogers run it in? It was a thriller of a game. I mean, I'm wrong. Okay. Aaron what? Jones. It was oh overtime. overtime yeah, it was like 25 yards right, out. right up the right up the gut untouched. Yeah. Damn it. I kn- <sighs> and that's why I was like, I I I, I kind of want to trip him up. Because of the Dean Lowry thing, because yeah. I know I've used that one before. Ball hawk, yeah. Damn but yeah, it. I forgot that that game went to overtime, and we. I should have, yeah, I should have known that. I couldn't envision playing the Bucks. I, honestly, I know. Uh, the what I go back to is still, which I've brought up a couple times now th- this year, is um, Legarrette Blunt with the Bucks mm. just running through us. Like that's yeah. the, that is the Bucks play that I remember, and the Bucks game I remember as well is the Josh Freeman uh, in Tampa game where we were favored by a bunch of points and then lost to him outright. Mm. Back in like 2012 or something, but okay. Isn't that the game? Oh wait, maybe not. Where Rogers like messed up his calf. I remember he messed up his calf bad in the game in Tampa Bay. It was around that time. It, it might have been that game. So 
Okay, well, that was fun. Good little trivia tidbits there. But now we'll move on to the preview. All right. All we, right. Yep, yep. We were playing the Bucks on Sunday. Opened as, I think it was three-point dogs. We opened it as three-point dogs, and we are now favored by two and a half. And after that pathetic Thursday night showing, yeah, that, and that, Brig- that old guy under center forgot what down it was. Yeah, <laughs> that was that was hilarious. I, I loved immediately seeing he put up the four fingers. I was like, oh, this guy does not know what's going on. And going back, you know, obviously we love Brett Good. I don't like that he said that the Bears look good, who beat the Bucks. Yeah. But, yeah. We'll have to see. Yeah, three three twenty five on Fox. It was announced today too. I mean, it kind of went without saying. Aikman and Joe Buck will be announcing, which we mentioned it last year too. A lot of people get pissed about them. I don't really mind them too much no. as long as they're not playing the Cowboys for the most part. Especially Joe Buck, I think he's pretty good. I like I him more think, than Aikman. I think the 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 outlook on them has kind of shifted actually. Where it's yeah. like now it's like. Now it's cool to like them again. So yeah, that's not, a good point. We're not doing it just to fit in. Yeah, you know, but we would never. We, you know, like they just, Joe Buck's voice has just got a big game feel to it, you know? Like mm-hmm. the game you're watching is important. Well, so. once again, we can always go back. Cobb, you know. That, yeah, uh, You know, that after that, it's like, okay, I like Joe Buck. He, <laughs> yeah. he did us right Aikman, in that, no, in that he part. Can, you he know, can kick rocks. Yeah, I don't yeah. care about him at all. But yeah, uh, 325 kickoff against Fox. The Bucks are... I don't know if people still think they're one of the better teams in the NFC. Their well, defense is good. Their defense Huge is good. Huge loss, though. Vita Vey. Yep. That's a big loss on their D-line. Yep. They're uh, ranked eighth in the NFL in points per game, allowing 22.4. Mm. Uh, but, yeah, offense, they're solid as well. 27.8 per game, 11th in the in the NFL. Uh, Brady has 12 touchdowns on the season, four picks. <laughs> what a bum. Uh, <laughs> 1,300 yards, a 96 rating. So he's having an okay year, obviously, like you talked about. They... Maybe his mind's going a little bit. Didn't remember what down it was. We'll have to see. That is, oh my god, that's think of that. That's people's greatest of all time quarterback. That's so sad, funny to me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> thinking of what I just said. Yeah, it would be so sad if I thought Tom, if you thought Tom Brady is the best quarterback <laughs> ever. No, really though. Yeah, you're right. Uh, Ronald Jones is having a solid year too after not having the Finally. best start. Yeah, if you're in career. the fantasy football community, you, well, that guy. Not to not to pump my own horns, but back in the day, dynasty football when he was a rookie, uh, most of the experts said to take Ronald Jones. Instead, I took Nick Chubb. Ooh, yeah, even though he's hurt right now, yeah. but yeah, he's averaging 4.9 yards of carries. He only got one touchdown, but he's been solid for him. Mike Evans, uh, he's got 22 receptions on the season, 271 yards. Play? Six touchdowns? I don't know. And that's what kind of sucks about recording on Tuesdays is Wednesdays is when the injury report comes out. Because not only Mike Evans, yeah, we always, but Godwin as well. And we always sound up. like such idiots, too, because we'll like be excited about things, about certain players. And then the literally 13 hours later, it's like, oh, this guy's out for the week. And it's like, oh. Well, speaking of that, we did talk up Kamal Martin before, mm. and then you know the next week he Huge got hurt. News. Well, he's starting practicing again, so he's got the three weeks now to come back. Um, so we'll you know look out for that. So, so does that mean him and EQ are they eligible to play this week? Yeah, but they have to make a roster move. I saw that we put uh, we unfortunately Deguara, De- Deguara and um, uh, Hanson on the practice squad IR, which is the thing apparently. So we'll we'll see mm. if they bring them back. They have three weeks to practice and come back. So. I don't know. We'll we'll see. Uh, speaking of guys who are out to OJ Howard, uh, towards Achilles, so we yeah. won't be seeing Oof. him either. Ruptured is that is that different than tearing it? Because ruptured just sounds way worse. Say, well, it's weird because like I would assume it's worse. It's like 
bones too like you hear fractured it's like oh my god that sounds terrible it's like, no a fracture isn't as bad as is a it break. Sh- oh i mean fracture is just another word for break isn't yeah it? right but you th- you know there's so many more consonants in that ah, word than gotcha. break <laughs> it's just part of it uh the defense like you said pretty good jpp has four sacks on the year uh, you probably saw how he said he doesn't know who david bakhtari is today he did say that he said that he doesn't do much research before games so he doesn't know many guys in the league so we'll see i'm sure david's not gonna like that, that. seems like a very very weird pr- approach yeah i, I, mean, I why would you, you you think you're watching film anyways it's, it's one thing to like actually have that approach but to publicly state it, it seems yeah. distasteful yeah we'll see speaking of distasteful things distasteful players sue is on the tampa bay bucks oh, in case anyone has right. forgotten, he's kind of jumped around recently Ugh. he does have uh two sacks this season too so we'll have to watch for that you know in the interior of the offensive line and another little thing antonio winfield jr the former i, I don't know antoine. if you remember antoine sorry antoine winfield for the longest time with the vikings yep. one of the best um like tacklers from a corner i remember growing up yep. really good at that he you know his son seems to be a really good player for them yep. played for the gophers a couple miles away mm-hmm. So I don't know. What do you yeah. think of this game? What are your feelings? You know? That defense is pretty legit, even with the loss of one of their anchors in the middle, Vita Vey. Like yep. They're still pretty loaded across the line. Their linebackers are really good. Devin White, Levante David. Levante David has been a stud for his yeah. whole staying, in, and he's like a nine-year nine vet. Um, and, yeah, their secondary might be the only thing I'm not super familiar with. So Well, that's because <laughs> they got new guys like Winfield that, back That there. helps with uh, my excitement for Rodgers. Um, but then on the offensive side of the ball, I think Evans and Godwin are, are is something to monitor very closely as a fan to see what their status is. It's huge right now. If both of them play, it's a completely different outlook than if both of them are out. Exactly. Both are options. And especially right now. the thing with Godwin too is it's a hamstring, and I think he I think he was dealing with it earlier in the year. You know, tried to play through it and then re-aggravated it. Once so. again, going back to holding out Devontae Adams. Hey. <laughs> yeah, what well, do you know? know? The Packers were smart. And, uh, yeah, so I just think the big thing comes down to those two status, and then I think the offense is still going to do their thing. What okay. do you think? Well, well, I was going to say you're talking about the offense. You think they're going to do their thing? What are what are your predictions mm. for the sport? Okay, so we've we went 43 – 42, 37, and 30. 30, okay. So, yeah, I, I think we're going to keep it rolling with, because you said they let up 22 point whatever points, yep, 22.4. Yep. yep. That's top 10, but still, I still think they'll get that 30 mark. Let's go 34, mm-hmm. 21. 34, 21, okay. You sure? 34. <sighs> Ooh. No, I can't take it back now. Okay, 34-21 in stone. 34-21. Two, two field goals. Okay, very fair. I am thinking kind of similarly. You know, we were just going through the scores there. I think we bounced back up from 30. Now it's the parabola. We're going to score 37 points. Ooh. 37 to, let's go 37-24. still want to see what this defense can do. And yes, Kyle, did you notice how I said the score there? Yes, I actually didn't. Because yeah, I know. The fact it that right. you said it normal makes it makes me not think twice about it. Which, yeah, by the way, I mean, there hasn't been a person more wrong in the history of 
things to be wrong about. We yeah, we had the vote on Twitter, and I think myself and one other person <laughs> said that that I that you you know you say the home team no matter who's second. So I guess you know I will eat crow for that. You know yes, maybe maybe you. Spencer is an idiot too. <laughs> but bold predictions, Kyle. Bold Ooh, predictions for this you game. Go first. Me go first. Me go first. Okay. You know what? Kenny Clark is back. Yes. Is he? Like, is okay, he like he's gonna play? He should be. I mean, he, I don't think he's he was practicing. The only guys who seem to be restricted were Kevin King, who might be questionable. We'll see about that going forward. Kenny Clark's back. Maybe you know it's gonna free up other guys on on the defense there. Let's go with stealing. You know, piggyback and other bold predictions. Give me two Gary Sacks. Mm. Okay, hopefully he comes back too. You know, kind of freeing each other up, and Gary can finally just eat. I'm gonna go with that. You're Rashawn pretty confident Gary. that he's gonna play, huh? Uh, it looks like it. I it didn't look like that bad of an injury, but oh, shit. I mean, oh, can I almost have a second bowl prediction? I I've already had Deguara this year when he a contingency, a contingency. Yeah. Fine, fine. Okay, contingency. Devonte Adams, 150 yards, two touchdowns. Okay, all right. Okay. Pretty okay. bold, right off the top of the dome sure. there. Kyle, what is your bold prediction? Um, do you mind if I just repeat? Fuck, I hate swerving over. I don't like these one touchdown ones that you keep picking. Dude, he hasn't scored a <laughs> touchdown yet. I in, know, in but eighteen games. Yeah. No. Okay. Uh, fine. I'll think. I'll. I'm just letting you know. Okay. I'm gonna use it next week then. Okay. If I, I can't. If I can't repeat. That's fair. We'll have. We'll know every other week is a Tyler Irvin week for you. All right. Um. God, I hope he scores now. I'm not. Uh, I would do an EQ one, but he's not gonna play. I don't. Yeah. Um. Okay. Here we go. Yep. Here we go. Yep. Here we go. You ready? Yeah, it's right here. Let's see you it. Ready? Yeah, let's come on. Flop that prediction out. Here it is. Are you ready? Yep. <laughs> uh, MVS, <laughs> hundred and twenty-five yards. Kyle, you are, you really are. You're. You don't give up on the people you love. Apparently, because you are in like a you know, abusive a relationship. Trance. You're in an abusive relationship <laughs> right now with MVS and your bold predictions overall. Hey. I love him. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, very you don't well, understand what happens inside our relationship. Yeah, a lot of people just don't understand love, and I guess I'm that person with you <laughs> in MBS. But moving on, this is our longest episode ever. Hopefully, you guys will enjoy it in a little bye week, bye week bonanza. And tidbits. boy, was it a bonanza! I mean, just an just an overwhelming amount of tidbits. You know, with some curd talk in there. Some curd talk. You know, we had a lot of football talk with Brett Good, and then not a lot of football talk the rest of the episode for the <laughs> most part, I guess. But yeah. Your favorite part of the episode. If you would please subscribe, unsubscribe, again, resubscribe. Again, the please, little, little desperate. It's just the way I talk. I know. And it, you know, the, uh, the uh, negative speaking last week did not reverse, work. Reverse psychology. Reverse psychology did not work. But if you want to leave a review, that'd be great. <laughs> Le- leave a rating of uh, five stars. Leave a review. Take a screenshot of it. DM it, DM it to us at PMPpod at Twitter or email it to us at PMPpodcast at gmail.com. And we will send you a free, beautiful koozie. And uh, once again, I don't know if you guys noticed too, but uh, Shells, our favorite favorite fan Popular of the show. Popular Packers Twitter celebrity. Yeah, yeah, we can, we can a, call her. A legit Packers Twitter celebrity. Yeah, yeah. so once again, uh, we'll have our commercial in here too, I'm sure you heard. But go to her site. She's also helping out with uh, Jamal Williams, who's raising money oh, for yeah. his charity as well. And I believe her, the masks that she's selling now, a portion of it also goes to charity. So... You know, if you need a mask, it's look a into win, that. Win, win, and Literally, we do. You're helping everyone, and we do still have a couple masks left. If you leave a review, I've got to send out the koozies that we have for the rest of the season. So you hurry up and do that. You can get your koozie next week. But wrapping up, Kyle, 
I do not have anything else. Do you have anything else? Thank you, Mr. Good. Mm-hmm. Pleasure as always. Yeah. And um, yeah. Let's uh, let's keep rolling. Yeah, let's keep rolling. Up. Keep rolling. I do not remember the name of the artist, but here comes the what was the song again? The, uh, you can't disco in a herd of buffalo. Rollerblade in a herd of buffalo. <laughs> Rollerblade in a herd of buffalo. So with that, uh, goodbye. <laughs> go pack, go. Well, you can't go swimming in a baseball pool. Can't go swimming in a baseball pool. You can't go swimming in a baseball pool. But you can be happy if you've a mind too. Kid on your back, can't change film with the kid on your back. But you can be happy if you've mind to. You can't drive around with a tiger in your car. You can't drive around with a tiger in your car. You can't drive around with a tiger in your car. But you can be happy if you've mind to. All you gotta do is put your mind to it. Knuckle down, buckle down, do it, do it, do it. Well, you can't roller skate in the buffalo herd. You can't roller skate in the buffalo herd. You can't roller skate in the buffalo herd. But you can be happy if you've mind to. You can't go fishing in a watermelon patch. You can't go fishing in a watermelon patch. You can't go fishing in a watermelon patch. But you can be happy if you've mind to. You can't roller skate in the buffalo herd. You can't roller skate in the buffalo herd. You can't roller skate.